0: The following teaching contains the biblical truth that has helped countless individuals receive physical healing. Holly and Steve Trover already had three beautiful children when God impressed upon their hearts to have a fourth. At their second ultrasound appointment, they were informed their child had all the signs of having Down syndrome. Rather than accepting this
1: report, the Trovers instead spoke God's word over the situation using the teachings of Andrew Womack that they had heard from their church group.
2: I cancel this diagnosis in the name of Jesus. I cancel this diagnosis that we don't believe these things that were spoken over our child, and we don't accept it.
0: We knew in the the supernatural that this is not going to happen to our baby.
1: And Steve and Holly received just what they were believing for. Their son was born perfectly healthy
0: to see the Trover's full healing journey, visit awmi.net today.
1: Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace.
2: Hope was rising up on the inside of me. Faith was rising up on the inside of me. It was
1: instantaneous. THE CHANGE IN MY BODY. I WAS HEALED IMMEDIATELY. HE SAW MY FACE CHANGE. HE SAID THE LIGHT CAME BACK INTO MY EYES, AND WE HAVE NOT TURNED AROUND SINCE. AND NOW, HERE'S ANDREW. WELCOME TO OUR WEDNESDAY'S
2: BROADCAST OF THE GOSPEL TRUTH. THIS WEEK WE'VE BEEN DOING SOMETHING DIFFERENT THAN OUR NORMAL PROGRAM. WE'VE GOT THIS NEW PRODUCT OUT ENTITLED HEALING UNIVERSITY, AND THIS IS SOMETHING THAT THE LORD LAID ON MY HEART YEARS AGO THAT, YOU KNOW, I HAVE A LOT OF TEACHING ON HEALING MYSELF, BUT WE HAVE SOME OF THE MOST POWERFUL PEOPLE ON THE PLANET THAT MINISTER IN OUR CARIOUS BIBLE COLLEGE, AND THESE PEOPLE HAVE SEEN GREAT MIRACLES THEMSELVES. AND THE LORD JUST LAID IT ON MY HEART TO POOL ALL OF OUR TEACHING. WE'RE OVERLAPPING. SOME OF US ARE SAYING THE EXACT SAME THING THAT SOMEBODY ELSE SAID, BUT IT'S ALWAYS FROM OUR PERSPECTIVE, AND I BELIEVE THAT EACH ONE OF US TOGETHER make an impact that none of us could have by ourselves. So we've put this together. We have 48 hours worth of teaching from seven different instructors in Karis Bible College. Then we have six hours worth of question and answers. We have uh, 34 healing testimonies that are in here. Altogether, it's about 60 hours worth of ministry just to bring healing to you. And on today's program, we're going to play a portion of Barry Bennett's teaching, BARRY IS ONE OF OUR FAVORITE INSTRUCTORS. I TELL YOU, THE STUDENTS LOVE HIM. I LOVE HIM. HE IS A GIFT FROM THE LORD. YOU ARE GOING TO BE TREMENDOUSLY BLESSED. SO LISTEN TO BARRY BENNETT AS WE SHARE JUST A LITTLE BIT OF WHAT HE'S DONE IN THIS HEALING UNIVERSITY. AND AT THE END OF THE PROGRAM, I'LL COME BACK ON AND
0: SHARE WITH YOU ABOUT HOW YOU CAN RECEIVE THIS. ALL RIGHT. WELCOME TO ANOTHER LESSON IN OUR HEALING UNIVERSITY COURSE. I HOPE THIS IS A BLESSING TO YOU. I'M LOOKING FORWARD TO SHARING WITH YOU AGAIN THIS HOUR. Uh, My name is Barry Bennett. I'm an instructor here at Karis Bible College. And in this hour, I want to talk to you about something that I seldom hear mentioned when we talk about healing. And that is the topic of Lordship. Lordship, I'm gonna probably take this into a very practical area because we tend to approach Lordship as something theological. And we will easily say, Jesus is my Lord. But the reality is, many of us are living with other lords. Or in other words, other things are ruling over our lives. Though we proclaim Jesus, we may unconsciously or consciously be submitting to other lords or other rulers of our lives. And so I find this to be very interesting and I hope that it will be helpful to you as well. Romans 6.16, very interesting passage. Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. All right. So the, Paul's message here is a bigger message uh, talking about sin and righteousness. But the concepts that precede that are very important. Let me read them again. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? Or in other words, in life, we have many, many options in which we can submit ourselves knowingly or unknowingly to that influence and allow that influence to limit or confine our lives to a much smaller realm than what God had in mind for us. We become slaves to that which we submit to. He goes on to say, uh, you are that one's slaves, or you become a slave to the one you obey. Whether of sin leading to death. So we could we could take those words out and put in other words, fill in the blank here. You become slaves of whatever you choose to submit to, to give yourself to to allow to have influence in your life, we can be talking about vices, we can be talking about addictions, we can be talking about anger management problems, we can be talking about poverty mentality, we can be talking about sickness and doctor's reports. Whatever we bow the knee to or whatever has a major influence in our lives that defines our lives and constrains our lives or, or puts limitations on our lives, those things have become our Lord's. Now, maybe, maybe you haven't thought about it that way, but I, we want to look at this in more detail because if sickness has become a Lord or if the doctor has become a Lord, we're in prob- we have problems. We have got to understand what it means when we say Jesus is Lord. Amen? And we all say that, yes, Jesus is Lord. Amen. But how are you living? Is Jesus Lord over your health? Is Jesus Lord over your finances? Is Jesus Lord over your relationships, your marriage, your, your, the way you raise your children? Who really is your Lord or who are your Lord's plural? What have you allowed to have major influence in your life? And so just saying that Jesus is Lord isn't always enough. Lordship is both theological and practical. And I'm not, I'm not denying that we all believe Jesus is Lord. But the practical end of that is, how are you living? Is he the Lord of your life, or are other things the Lord of our lives? Let's go to John chapter 5. I want to give you an example here. John chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. John 5, 1 says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of sick people. Now, this is interesting to me because Jesus was already quite, already quite famous and multitudes were following him all over Israel and getting healed. And yet at the Pool of Bethesda, there's a multitude of sick people that weren't following after Jesus. They weren't seeking after Jesus. They were looking at something else for their healing. Interesting thought. Okay. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now I'm going to comment on that in just a moment. It says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, 38 years, can you imagine? And knew he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. So he's deflecting the blame a little bit here, that it's not really up to him, it's up to somebody to help him. All right, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, so there was his own effort on that part, that's a good thing. While I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now, there's a lot in this story, and I'm just going to pick a few things here to talk about within our context of, of this message. Lordship. This man had been sick for 38 years And probably most of that time, he's been carried daily by friends or family to the Bula Bethesda. And he's put down in a certain spot and his friends are put down wherever they are around him. And so we're gonna assume a mini culture has developed over the decades. And these people all know each other and they play dominoes and they play cards and they read the paper and people bring them food. And so there's a whole culture here. He has become submitted to the Lordship of chronic sickness. His expectation, as we talked in another lesson, his expectation is, this is my life. And so that is a Lord in his life. The next Lord I see in this, in this story, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest this, I'm gonna speculate with you and you don't have to agree with me, but I think the angel story was a superstition. I don't think there really was an angel that came down. I cannot find that method of healing In the Old Testament, the law gave specific instructions on how to get healed. But Israel had drifted so far from the law and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and what have you, that nobody was walking in that reality. And so I think they've made up a superstition. Now, you may disagree, but I can't see God doing that with his people on a whim, just randomly sending an angel down to stir up the waters and someone gets healed. So I'm going to put it this way for the sake of this message that he was submitted to a superstition or there was a lordship of superstition or we'll say a lordship of bad teaching, however you want to put it. But something was ruling over his concept of God and his concept of how healing took place or doesn't take place. Man, there are so many Christians that have a lordship of bad teaching. And they don't even believe God will heal them. They believe he will, he could, but he might not. That's a false Lord. Because the decision to heal all has already been made. God is not making this decision willy-nilly. It's not one day he feels like it and the next day he doesn't. That is bad teaching. That is a bad concept of God. That is a false Lord. Because it is making people submit to doubt and unbelief and the fact that God moves on a whim and he, he sends an angel on a whim and perhaps somebody gets in the water first and gets healed, that's a superstition. That's a bad teaching. That's a tradition of men. And so first of all, he submitted to the lordship of his own sickness and then he submitted to the lordship of bad teaching or a superstition. And those things are defining his life. I want you to understand what I'm trying to say here. His life is being limited by wrong thinking And by the lordships that he has allowed to take over his life and his life is patterned for him every day. The same people bring him every day. They come pick him up every day. They bring him food. He has the same friends. He has a pattern of life that has become his Lord. A routine has become his Lord. A superstition has become his Lord which then would take us into the third, third idea that I've already somewhat mentioned, that he's, he's submitted to a wrong concept of God. He doesn't know the word. He doesn't know the promises of God. He doesn't know his covenant. He doesn't know that in the law, there are ways to be healed. And so he's, he's left to other lords, and those lords are dominating his life. Now, we can move this over into our dimension of the new covenant I know Christians like this. Christians that have been afflicted for so long that they don't expect to get healed. They hope for it in a, in a carnal way, but, you know, sera, sera, whatever it will be, will be. And so that has become a Lord in their life. And then they have bad teaching about healing. That has become a Lord in their life, if it be His will. And, and we could go on down the list. These things have restricted and defined and limited life. Anything that's limiting your life is a false lord. Folks, healing is available right this moment, but it could be that there are some lords out there that are in the way that we knowingly or unknowingly have bowed the knee to, and we're allowing those lords to define the limits and definitions and limitations and potential of our lives. And once you recognize, oh, I see now, I've been been submitted to this. I've let this be a Lord in my life, whatever this might be. And when you can begin to identify these things that have become Lords in your life, and it could be the doctor's report, it could be uh, medical science, it could be this, this is the way I've always lived, or this is genetic, or my family always has had this all of those things are lords that aren't Jesus. And as long as we're willing to submit to other lords, the lordship of Jesus for us is simply a theology. It's not real. I'm not saying you're not born again. I'm just saying you're not living like it. You're not living like it if you have limiting lords in your life. Who or what is your lord what is lording over you some of us food is our lord we just can't break an addiction to food or bad food some of us tv is our lord am i getting too personal here some of us maybe pornography is our lord some of us people's opinions is our lord some of us finances is our lord or lack of finances Education or lack of education is our Lord. And so we can start going down the list and determining things that are limiting our lives that we have bowed the knee to. And really, we're not letting Jesus be Lord. And some of those things may be the reason that health is not springing forth in our bodies because Jesus, we haven't allowed Jesus to be the Lord of our flesh, of our bodies. We've allowed the doctor to be the Lord of our bodies. It says in Matthew 20, 25, Matthew 20, 25. But Jesus called them to himself, his disciples, and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. That's an interesting definition. What is exercising authority over your life? Is it the word of God? Are are they the promises of God? What is exercising authority over your life? Because whatever that is, is a Lord in your life. And you have become a slave to that Lord. See, healing, we need to talk about a lot of things if we're going to walk in health. And it's not just getting a miracle healing it's walking in the health God has for you to finish your long life, be satisfied, finish your course. You can't have a bunch of other lords in the way. We need to start knocking down some of these things that are restricting our lives and stealing from us. Who is lording over you or who have you given authority to? Have you given? Now, again, let me, let me say this. I am not against doctors or the medical profession. In many cases, they've done much good, and many of us would be dead if we didn't ha- have we had not had medical resources. Uh, many times a doctor can keep you alive until you can get a word from God and get healed. Amen, so I'm not against doctors. But here's my point. Is your doctor your Lord, or is he a servant? All right? I believe a doctor can serve you, but the moment he becomes your Lord, you're in a bad place. The moment his word is the final word, you're in a bad place. Now, doctors have served me at times, and at times I have allowed them to serve me, and at other times their words set something off in my spirit, and I said, no, that's lordship. You are making ultimatums that I do not submit to. In other cases, serving me has been of great benefit to me. I call it physical maintenance. Like a car needs maintenance, sometimes I need maintenance. I don't have a problem with that. But a doctor needs to be a servant and not a Lord. Once he becomes your Lord, once his word is the last word and you bow the knee to that word, you're going to harvest whatever it is he's declared. All right? Is your bank account your Lord? Or your salary or your lack of income is that lording it over you and and defining the limits of your faith. Anything that restricts the, the limits of your faith is a false lord. We've got to determine what has authority in our lives. The vision of God, the promises of God or a bank account or a doctor's report. Who have we given authority to? Is fear a Lord in your life? Are you constrained by fear? And, and, and there's no, no faith in your heart, or we'll say you're not activating the faith that's in your heart if you're born again. And so you allow fear to determine how far you go, where you live, how you live, what you'll do, when you'll do it. All of these, so many people live in fear. There's a whole subject right there, just the power of fear. That can be a Lord in your life circumstances we could talk about all kinds of things but are circumstances your lord or are you lord over circumstances is the past your lord well brother if you only knew what i'd done and you if you only knew my story you would know why i don't do this or i don't do that you're allowing your past to be your lord paul had a past he was responsible for the deaths of christians but he said, forgetting what lies behind, I press on. Forgetting what lies behind. You can't let your past, even if you're the Apostle Paul, you can't let your past be your Lord, or you will never accomplish God's purpose for your life. So as we, hopefully, as I'm, as I'm going through these different ideas, you're beginning to, the light's going on, that you're seeing there are certain things, perhaps, that you've allowed to limit your life, to steal your future, and to steal your health. False lords, they can be knocked over. They can be done away with. And the truth will set you free if you get a hold of this of this revelation. Okay, anything that influences, limits, hinders and binds you is a lord you have allowed. You're going to have to do the evaluation, but I'm giving you some options here of what you might want to consider. Jesus wants to be the lord of your life. Jesus wants to be the healer of your life. Jesus wants you to cast aside the garment of your old identity, cast aside the fear of the critics and people's opinions, cast aside the structure of religion, the superstitions, the bad teaching, all the things that want to restrict you and keep you sick and keep you down and keep you out. That isn't the Lordship of Christ. The Lordship of Christ will lift you up, will heal you, will set you on your eternal course. That's the lordship of Jesus. It will set you free. Let's go to 2 Peter 1. I'm going to finish up here. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, As his divine power, who are we talking about? The Lord Jesus Christ. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, not limitations, not restrictions, but potential promises. By which, it goes on to say, promises that through these, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Or in other words, God wants you to enjoy the same quality of life that he enjoys. And he's given us promises not limitations, promises, not fear, faith, that the Lordship of Jesus could set us free to walk out our full purpose in health and enjoy life. Praise God. One more verse, Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us. Who's He? The Lord Jesus Christ. Is He your Lord? Not just theologically, but practically. Is he your Lord? He has delivered us from the power of darkness, from the power of other lords. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom of his dear son or the son of his love. We have been translated from the dominion of other lords into the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his lordship is all about you being completely whole, completely healthy, completely full of God's purpose, full of God's joy, full of God's peace. That's lordship. And anything less is a false lord. Identify the false lords, knock them down, and choose to step into the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me pray for you. Hallelujah. Father, praise God, we thank you for your lordship. And we declare and choose today to step over from the the lordships of limitations, of fear, of everything that we've discussed, we are choosing to step out of that lordship and into the kingdom of God where the Lord Jesus Christ has promises for us, has potential for us, has freedom for us, has growth for us, has health and healing for us. I declare now, and with my brothers and sisters that are watching this, that Jesus is truly. THE LORD OF MY LIFE, AND THE LORD OF MY HEALTH. AND FATHER, WE PRAISE YOU, WE GIVE YOU ALL THE GLORY IN THE POWERFUL NAME OF THE LORD JESUS CHRIST. AMEN AND AMEN. WE'LL SEE YOU NEXT TIME. PRAISE GOD. I KNOW THAT THAT BLESSED YOU. BARRY
2: IS JUST AWESOME. AND I TELL YOU, HIS SON, DANIEL, IS AWESOME TOO. GOD'S RAISING UP THE NEXT GENERATION. BUT ANYWAY, THE TEACHING THAT YOU HEARD TODAY WAS JUST A PORTION OF THIS HEALING UNIVERSITY. AND WE HAVE uh, ABOUT 60 HOURS TOTAL MINISTRY IN THIS. THIS IS KIND OF A, YOU KNOW, A HIGH DOLLAR ITEM, BUT LOOKING AT WHAT YOU GET FOR IT, ACTUALLY THIS IS A SUPER DEAL. IT'S A GREAT PRICE. IF YOU'LL LISTEN, OUR ANNOUNCER IS GOING TO GIVE YOU INFORMATION ABOUT HOW YOU CAN RECEIVE THIS, AND I ENCOURAGE YOU TO GET THIS FOR YOURSELF. IT'S SPECIFICALLY DESIGNED SO YOU CAN SHARE IT AND TEACH IT TO OTHER PEOPLE. Listen to our announcer and please call or write today.
1: In the history of Andrew Womack Ministries, this is the most comprehensive product we've ever presented. Healing University will graduate you from where you are to a level of understanding and empowerment that you've never known. It's a collection of healing secrets compiled in over 60 hours of video. These are sessions taught by Andrew Womack and six other Karis Bible College instructors who've not only experienced healing for themselves, but have been instrumental in training countless others to receive their own healing. Healing University is broken down into three consecutive sections. Section 1 focuses on what the Bible says regarding healing and why believers should expect healing for themselves and for others. Section 2 emphasizes how to receive healing and Section 3 concentrates on real-life application when ministering healing to others. Healing University delivers the power of the gospel in 48 lessons and six question and answer sessions. Every lesson includes a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF. Each lesson builds on the last lesson, forming a solid foundation from which to receive healing and minister healing to others. Through the online platform, you have lifetime access to all the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. You can print out each lesson through the online platform as many times as you'd like. Healing University is the perfect curriculum for home groups and Bible studies. Order this life-changing Healing University for you or for someone you love. For a gift of $499 by visiting our website at awmi.net.
2: This is the last night of our 2019 Healing is Here conference, and I tell you, it has been spectacular. We were having a panel discussion, and right in the middle, we had a woman just come down to the front carrying her little baby. Probably was less than a year old. When they brought the baby up here, they said it'd quit breathing. Well, all of us were praying. We say you
1: will breathe strong, healthy breaths.
2: I saw that baby just laying there motionless, and then all of a sudden its arms just popped
0: up. Thank you, Father, for resurrection life. Yes. In this child, in Jesus' name.
2: That baby may have died in front of us, but that's not the last report. No! (laughs) If you weren't a part of this, if you didn't see it by our live stream, well, then go check it out. You'll be blessed.